Part Two of The Farmer's Bride. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. The Farmer's Bride, by Charlotte Mew. Part Two. The Forest Road. The forest road, the infinite straight road stretching away, world without end, the breathless road between the walls of the black listening trees, the hushed grey road beyond the window that you shut to-night, crying that you would look at it by day. There is a shadow there that sings and calls, but not for you. Oh, hidden eyes that plead in sleep against the lonely dark, if I could touch the fear and leave it kissed away on quiet lids, if I could hush these hands that are half awake, groping for me in sleep, I could go free. I wish that God would take them out of mine, and fold them like the wings of frightened birds shot cruelly down, but fluttering into quietness so soon, broken, forgotten things. There is no grief for them in the green spring when the new birds fly back to the old trees. But it shall not be so with you. I will look back. I wish I knew that God would stand smiling and looking down on you when morning comes, to hold you when you wake, closer than I, so gently, though, and not with famished lips or hungry arms. He does not hurt the frailest, dearest things as we do in the dark. See, dear, your hair. I must unloose this hair that sleeps and dreams about my face, and clings like the brown weed to drowned, delivered things, tossed by the tired sea back to the beaches. Oh, your hair! If you had lain a long time dead on the rough, glistening ledge of some black cliff, forgotten by the tide, the raving winds would tear, the dripping brine would rust away, fold after fold of all the loveliness that wraps you round, and makes you lying here, the passionate fragrance that the roses are. But death would spare the glory of your head, in the long sweetness of the hair that does not die. The spray would leap to it in every storm. The scent of the unsilenced sea would linger on in these dark waves, and round the silence that was you, only the nesting gulls would hear. But there would still be whispers in your hair. Keep them for me. Keep them for me. What is this singing on the road that makes all other music like the music in a dream, dumb to the dancing and the marching feet? You know in dreams you see old pipers playing that you cannot hear, and ghostly drums that only seem to beat. This seems to climb. Is it the music of a larger place? It makes our room too small. It is like a stair, a calling stair that climbs up to a smile you scarcely see, dim, but so waited for. And you know what a smile is, how it calls, how if I smiled you always ran to me. Now you must sleep forgetfully, as children do. There is a spirit sits by us in sleep, nearer than those who walk with us in the bright day. I think he has a tranquil, saving face. I think he came straight from the hills. He may have suffered there in time gone by, and once from those forsaken heights looked down, lonely himself, on all the lonely sorrows of the earth. It is his kingdom, sleep. If I could leave you there, 
if, without waking you, I could get up and reach the door. We used to go together. Shut, scared eyes, poor, desolate, desperate hands, it is not I who thrust you off. No, take your hands away, I cannot strike your lonely hands. Yes, I have struck your heart, it did not come so near. Then lie you there, dear and wild heart, behind this quivering snow, with two red stains on it, and I will strike and tear mine out and scatter it to yours. Oh, throbbing dust, you that were life, our little wind-blown hearts, the road, the road, there is a shadow there. I see my soul, I hear my soul, singing among the trees. Madeline in Church Here in the darkness, where this plaster saint stands nearer than God stands to our distress, and one small candle shines, but not so faint as the far lights of everlastingness, I'd rather kneel than over there in open day where Christ is hanging, rather pray to something more like my own clay, not too divine. For once, perhaps, my little saint, before he got his niche and crown, had one short stroll about the town. It brings him closer, just that taint, and any one can wash the paint off our poor faces, his and mine. Is that why I see Monty now? Equal to any saint, poor boy, as good as gold, but still with just the proper trace of earthliness on his shining wedding face and then, gone suddenly blank and old, the hateful day of the divorce. Stuart got his hands down, of course, crowing like twenty cocks and grinning like a horse. But Monty took it hard. All said and done, I liked him best. He was the first. He stands out clearer than the rest. It seems too funny all we other rips should have immortal souls, Monty and Reg quite damnably keep theirs afloat while we go down like scuttled ships. It's funny, too, how easily we sink. One might put up a monument, I think, to half the world and cut across it, lost at sea. I should drown Jim, poor little sparrow, if I netted him to-night. No, it's no use this penny light, or my poor saint with his tin-pot crown. The trees of Calvary are where they were, when we are sure that we can spare the tallest, let us go and strike it down, and leave the other two still standing there. I, too, would ask him to remember me, if there were any paradise beyond this earth that I could see. Oh, quiet Christ, who never knew the poisonous fangs that bite us through, and make us do the things we do! See how we suffer, and fight, and die, how helpless and how low we lie! God holds you, and you hang so high, though no one looking long at you can think you do not suffer too. But up there, from your still star-lighted tree, what can you know, what can you really see of this dark ditch, the soul of me? We are what we are. When I was half a child I could not sit watching black shadows on green lawns and red carnations burning in the sun, without paying so heavily for it, that joy and pain, like any mother and her unborn child, were almost one. 
I could hardly bear the dreams upon the eyes of white geraniums in the dusk, the thick, close voice of musk, the jessamine music on the thin night air, or sometimes my own hands about me anywhere, the sight of my own face, for it was lovely then, even the scent of my own hair. Oh, there was nothing, nothing that did not sweep to the high seat of laughing gods, and then blow down and beat my soul into the highway dust, as hoofs do the dropped roses of the street. I think my body was my soul. And when we are made thus, who shall control our hands, our eyes, the wandering passion of our feet? Who shall teach us to thrust the world out of our heart? To say, till perhaps in death, when the race is run, and it is forced from us with our last breath, thy will be done. If it is your will that we should be content with the tame bloodless things, as pale as angels smirking by with folded wings, oh, I know virtue, and the peace it brings. The temperate, well-worn smile the one man gives you when you are evermore his own, and afterwards the child's, for a little while, with its unknowing and all-seeing eyes so soon to change, and make you feel how quick the clock goes round. If one had learned the trick, how does one, though, quite early on, of long green pastures under placid skies, one might be walking now with patient truth. What did we ever care for it to have asked for youth, when, oh, my God, this is going, or has gone? There is a portrait of my mother at nineteen, with the black spaniel standing by the garden seat, the dainty head held high against the painted green, and throwing out the youngest smile, shy, but half haughty and half sweet. Her picture, then, but simply youth, or simply spring to me to-day, a radiance on the wall, so exquisite, so heart-breaking a thing beside the mask that I remember shrunk and small, sapless and lined like a dead leaf, all that was left of, oh, the loveliest face, by time and grief. And in the glass last night I saw a ghost behind my chair, yet why remember it when one can still go moderately gay, or could, with any one of the old crew, but, oh, these boys, the solemn way they take you, and the things they say, this I have only as long as you. When you remind them that you are not precisely twenty-two, although at heart, perhaps, God, if it were only the face, only the hair, if Jim had written to me as he did to-day, a year ago, and now it leaves me cold, I know what this means, old, old, old. Et avec ça, mais on avait su, tout se paye. That is not always true. There was my mother. Well, at least the dead are free. Yoked to the man that father was. Yoked to the woman I am, Monty, too. The little portress at the convent school, stewing in hell so patiently. The poor, fair boy who shot himself at X. And what of me? And what of me? But I, I paid for what I had, and they for nothing. No, one cannot see how it shall be made up to them in some serene eternity. If there were fifty heavens, God could not give us back the child who went or never came. 
Here on our little patch of this great earth, the sun of any darkened day, not one of all the starry buds hung on the hawthorn-trees of last year's May, no shadow from the sloping fields of yesterday, for every hour they slant across the hedge a different way, the shadows are never the same. Find rest in him. One knows the parson's tags. Back to the fold, across the evening fields, like any flock of buying sheep. Yes, it may be, when he has shorn, led us to slaughter, torn the bleating soul in us to rags, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Oh, he will take us, stripped and done, driven into his heart. So we are one. Then safe, safe are we, in the shelter of his everlasting wings. I do not envy him his victories, his arms are full of broken things. But I shall not be in them. Let him take the finer ones, the easier to break. And they are not gone, yet for me the lights, the colours, the perfumes, though now they speak rather in sumptuous rooms, in silks and in gem-like wines, here even in this corner where my little candle shines, and overhead the lancet window glows with golds and crimsons you could almost drink. To know how jewels taste, just as I used to think there was the scent in every red and yellow rose of all the sunsets. But this place is grey, and much too quiet. No one here. Why, this is awful. This is fear. Nothing to see, no face, nothing to hear except your heart beating in space as if the world was ended. Dead at last, dead soul, dead body, tied together fast. These to go on with and alone to the slow end. No one to sit with, really, or to speak to, friend to friend. Out of the long procession, black or white or red, not one left now to say, Still I am here, then see you, dear, lay here your head. Only the doll's house looking on the park. Tonight, all nights, I know, when the man puts the light out, very dark. With upstairs in the blue and gold box of a room, just the maid's footsteps overhead, then utter silence and the empty world, the room, the bed, the corpse. No, not quite dead while this cries out in me, but nearly, very soon to be a handful of forgotten dust. There must be some one. Christ! There must, tell me, there will be someone. Who, if there were no one else, could it be you? How old was Mary out of whom you cast so many devils? Was she young, or perhaps for years she had sat staring with dry eyes at this and that man going past, till suddenly she saw you on the steps of Simon's house, and stood and looked at you through tears? I think she must have known by those the thing for what it was that had come to her. For some of us there is a passion, I suppose so far from earthly cares and earthly fears, that in its stillness you can hardly stir, or in its nearness lift your hand, so great that you have simply got to stand looking at it through tears, through tears. Then straight from these there broke the kiss. I think you must have known by this the thing for what it was that had come to you. She did not love you like the rest. It was in her own way, but at the worst, the best, she gave you something altogether new. And through it all, from her no word, she scarcely saw you, scarcely heard. 
Surely you knew when she so touched you with her hair, or by the wet cheek lying there, and while her perfume clung to you from head to feet all through the day, that you can change the things for which we care, but even you, unless you kill us, not the way. This, then, was peace for her, but passion, too. I wonder, was it like a kiss that once I knew, the only one that I would care to take into the grave with me, to which if there were afterwards to wake? Almost as happy as the carven dead in some dim chancel lying head by head, we slept with it but face to face the whole night through, one breath, one throbbing quietness, as if the thing behind our lips was endless life, lost as I woke to hear in the strange earthly dawn his, Are you there? and lie still, listening to the wind outside among the firs. So Mary chose the dream of him for what was left to her of night and day. It is the only truth. It is the dream in us that neither life nor death nor any other thing can take away. But if she had not touched him in the doorway of the dream, could she have cared so much? She was a sinner. We are what we are. The spirit afterwards, but first the touch. And he has never shared with me my haunted house beneath the trees of Eden and Calvary, with its ghosts that have not any eyes for tears, and the happier guests who would not see, or if they did, remember these, though they lived there a thousand years. Outside, too gravely looking at me, he seems to stand, and looking at him, if my forgotten spirit came unwillingly back, what could it claim of those calm eyes, that quiet speech? breaking like a slow tide upon the beach, the scarred, not-quite-human hand, unwillingly back to the burden of old imaginings, when it has learned so long not to think, not to be, again, again it would speak as it has spoken to me of things that I shall not see. I cannot bear to look at this divinely bent and gracious head. When I was small I never quite believed that he was dead and at the convent school I used to lie awake in bed, thinking about his hands. It did not matter what they said. He was alive to me, so hurt, so hurt. And most of all in Holy Week, when there was no one else to see, I used to think it would not hurt me too, so terribly, if he had ever seemed to notice me, or if, for once, he would only speak. Expecto Resurrectionem O King, who hast the key of that dark room, The last which prisons us, but held not thee, Thou knowest its gloom. Dost thou a little love this one shut in to-night, Young and so piteously alone, Cold, out of sight? Thou knowest how hard and bare The pillow of that new-made narrow bed, Then leave not there so dear a head. ON THE ROAD TO THE SEA We passed each other, turned and stopped for half an hour, then went our way. I who make other women smile did not make you. But no man can move mountains in a day, so this hard thing is yet to do. But first I want your life. Before I die I want to see the world that lies behind the strangeness of your eyes. There is nothing gay or green there for my gathering. It may be, yet on brown fields there lies a haunting purple bloom. Is there not something in grey skies and in grey sea? I want what world there is behind your eyes, 
I want your life, and you will not give it me. Now if I look, I see you walking down the years, young and through August fields, a face, a thought, a swinging dream perched on a stile. I would have liked, so vile we are, to have taught you tears, but most to have made you smile. To-day is not enough, or yesterday. God sees it all, your length on sunny lawns, the wakeful rainy nights. Tell me, how vain to ask, but it is not a question, just a call. Show me, then, only your notched inches climbing up the garden wall. I like you best when you were small. Is this a stupid thing to say, not having spent with you one day? No matter. I shall never touch your hair, or hear the little tick behind your breast. Still it is there, and as a flying bird brushes the branches where it may not rest, I have brushed your hand and heard the child in you. I like that best. So small, so dark, so sweet. And were you also, then, too grave and wise? Always, I think. Then put your far-off little hand in mine. Oh, let it rest! I will not stare into the early world beyond the opening eyes, or vex or scare what I love best. But I want your life before mine bleeds away. Here, not in heavenly hereafters. Soon. I want your smile this very afternoon. The last of all my vices, pleasant people used to say, I wanted, and I sometimes got, the moon. You know at dusk the last bird's cry, and round the house the flap of the bat's low flight, trees that go black against the sky, and then, how soon the night! No shadow of you on any bright road again, and at the darkening end of this, what voice, whose kiss, as if you'd say, it is not I who have walked with you, it will not be I who take away, peace, peace, my little handful of the gleaner's grain from your reaped fields at the shut of day. Peace! Would you not rather die reeling, with all the cannons at your ear? So at least would I, and I may not be here to-night, to-morrow morning, or next year. Still I will let you keep your life a little while. See, dear, I have made you smile. THE SUNLIT HOUSE White through the gate it gleamed and slept in shuttered sunshine, the parched garden flowers their fallen petals from the beds unswept, like children unloved and ill-kept, dreamed through the hours. Two blue hydrangeas by the blistered door, burned brown, watched there, and no one in the town cared to go past it night or day, though why this was they wouldn't say. But I, the stranger, knew that I must stay, pace up the weed-grown paths and down, till one afternoon, there is just a doubt, but I fancy I heard a tiny shout, from an upper window a bird flew out, and I went my way. THE SHADE-CATCHERS I think they were about as high as haycocks are. They went running by, catching bits of shade in the sunny street. I've got one! cried sister to brother. I've got two. Now I've got another. But scudding away on their little bare feet, they left the shade in the sunny street. Le Sacre-Cœur, Montmartre It is dark up here on the heights. Between the dome and the stars it is quiet, too, while down there under the crowded lights flares the importunate face of you. 
dear Paris of the hot white hands, the scarlet lips, the scented hair, une jolie fille à vendre très chère, a thing of gaiety, a thing of sorrow, bought to-night, possessed, and tossed back to the mart again to-morrow, worth and over what you cost, while half your charm is that you are withal, like some unpurchasable star, so old, so young and infinite and lost. It is dark on the dome-capped hill, serenely dark, divinely still. Yet here is the man who bought you first, dying of his immortal smart, your lover, the king with the broken heart, who while you, feasting, drink your fill, pass round the cup, not looking up, calls down to you, I thirst. A king with a broken heart? Mon Dieu, one breaks so many, cela peut se croire, to remember all, c'est la mer à boire and the first may come ces vieux. Perhaps there is still some keepsake, or one has possibly sold it for a song. On ne peut pas toujours pleurer les morts. And this one, he has been dead so long. Song Love, love to-day, my dear, love is not always here. Wise maids know how soon grows sere the greenest leaf of spring. But no man knoweth whither it goeth, when the wind bloweth so frail a thing. Love, love, my dear, to-day, if the ship's in the bay, if the bird has come your way, that sings on summer trees, when his song faileth, and the ship saileth, no voice availeth to call back these. Saturday Market Bury your heart in some deep green hollow, or hide it up in a kind old tree, Better still, give it the swallow when she goes over the sea. In Saturday market there's eggs aplenty, and dead-alive ducks with their legs tied down, grey old gaffers and boys of twenty, girls and the women of the town, pitchers and sugar-sticks, ribbons and laces, posies and whips and dicky-bird seed, silver pieces and smiling faces, in Saturday market they've all they need. What were you showing in Saturday market that set it grinning from end to end, girls and gaffers and boys of twenty? Cover it close with your shawl, my friend, hasten you home with the laugh behind you, over the down, out of sight, fasten your door, though no one will find you, no one will look on a market night. See, you, the shawl is wet, take out from under the red dead thing, in the white of the moon on the flags does it stir again? Well, and no wonder. Best make an end of it, bury it soon. If there is blood on the hearth, who will know it? Or blood on the stairs, when a murder is over and done, why show it? In Saturday market nobody cares. Then lie you straight on your bed for a short, short weeping, and still for a long, long rest. There's never a one in the town so sure of sleeping as you, in the house, on the down, with a hole in your breast. Think no more of the swallow, forget you the sea. Never again remember the deep green hollow, or the top of the kind old tree. Arracombe Wood Some said, because he wouldn't spake, any words to women but yes and no, nor put out his hand for parson to shake, he mun be bird-witted. But I do go by the lie of the barley that he did sow, and I wish no better thing than to hold a rake like Dave in his time, or to see him mow. Put up in churchyard a month ago, a bitter old soul, they said, but it wasn't so. His heart were an Arracombe wood, 
where he'd used to go, to sit and talk with his shatter, till sun went low. Though what it was all about, us'll never know. And there bain't no memory in the place of the old man's footmark, nor his face. Arracombe Wood do think more of a crow. Would be violets there in spring, in summer-time the spider's lace, and come the fall the whizzle and race of the dry dead leaves when the wind gives chase, and on the eve of Christmas fallen snow. Sea Love Tide be runnin' the great world over, t'was only last June month I mind that we was thinkin' the toss and the call in the breast of the lover so everlastin' as the sea. Here's the same little fishes that sputter and swim, with the moon's old glim on the grey wet sand, and him no more to me, nor me to him, than the wind goin' over my hand. THE ROAD TO CARITY Do you remember the two old people we passed on the road to Carity, resting their sack on the stones by the drenched wayside, looking at us with their lightless eyes through the driving rain, and then out again to the rocks and the long white line of the tide, frozen ghosts that were children once, husband and wife, father and mother, looking at us with those frozen eyes. Have you ever seen anything quite so chilled or so old? But we, with our arms about each other, we did not feel the cold. I have been through the gates. His heart to me was a place of palaces and pinnacles and shining towers. I saw it then as we see things in dreams. I do not remember how long I slept. I remember the trees, and the high white walls, and how the sun was always on the towers. The walls are standing to-day, and the gates. I have been through the gates. I have groped. I have crept back. Back. There is dust in the streets, and blood. They are empty. Darkness is over them. His heart is a place with the lights gone out, forsaken by great winds and the heavenly rain, unclean and unswept, like the heart of the holy city, old, blind, beautiful Jerusalem, over which Christ wept. THE CENOTAPH Not yet will those measureless fields be green again, where only yesterday the wild, sweet blood of wonderful youth was shed. There is a grave whose earth must hold too long, too deep a stain, though forever over it we may speak as proudly as we may tread. But here, where the watchers by lonely hearths from the thrust of an inward sword have more slowly bled, we shall build the cenotaph. Victory, winged, with peace, winged too at the column's head. And over the stairway at the foot, oh, here leave desolate, passionate hands to spread violets, roses, and laurel, with the small, sweet, twinkling country things, speaking so wistfully of other springs, from the little gardens of little places where son or sweetheart was born and bred. In splendid sleep, with a thousand brothers, to lovers, to mothers, here too lies he, under the purple, the green, the red, it is all young life. It must break some women's hearts to see such a brave, gay coverlet to such a bed. Only, when all is done and said, God is not mocked, and neither are the dead. For this will stand in our market-place. Who'll sell? Who'll buy? Will you or I lie each to each with the better grace, while looking into every busy whore's and huckster's face, as they drive their bargains, 
is the face of God, and some young, piteous, murdered face. End of Part 2 End of The Farmer's Bride by Charlotte Mew